Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's going on, everybody, and welcome on in. It is Tuesday night at 7 p.m., and that means you're here in the doghouse, our newest show on the OBR streaming network where we look ahead at the Cleveland Browns' upcoming opponent for this week with a special guest who in some way, shape, or form represents uh, either uh, uh, coverage of that team or fandom of that team or even as we get down the line, we got some former players lined up. We're going to have a good time as we go through with the doghouse. You never know what we're going to do here on the doghouse. You never know how it's going to go. We talked last week with Rob Guerrero to t- to preview the 49ers game. And man, I feel like I just got to, if you watched last week, I feel like I got to do every week what I did last week, which is just praise the heck out of the other team. Because all I did was talk nice things about the 49ers last week and look what the Cleveland Browns were able to do in getting a win over San Francisco. We'll see. We'll see what kind of conversations we get into tonight about the Indianapolis Colts. Before we bring in our special guest, Remember, go subscribe and follow everything the OBR is doing. The Orange and Brown Report is the oldest and largest independent Cleveland Browns site in Cleveland. So make sure you are subscribed to the OBR.com and make sure you either hit subscribe or hit like or do whatever on the streaming network. The OBR is coming at you five nights a week, Monday through Thursday, and then the best Browns postgame show on Sunday nights as well. Make sure you are tuned in to everything going on with the OBR. So now it's time to bring in our special guest. Again, uh, we got the Browns and the Indianapolis Colts. The Browns coming in at three and two on the season. The Colts coming in at three and three on the season. And to preview this AFC matchup, we got an old friend of mine. I'm really excited for this. An old friend of mine, a guy that goes back to the college days for me. And again, he's not necessarily from Indianapolis as far as what he does for work. You can catch him down in Columbus on NBC4, but I think he might be the biggest Colts fan I know. And so I'm bringing him in right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on in Matt Barnes to the doghouse. Matt, what's up, man? What's up, Mike? It's uh, good to see you. Good to hear you. Uh, Don't love the colors you're wearing considering the game we got coming up on Sunday, but it's okay. It's all right. It's okay today. Hey, listen, man, you're in the doghouse. These are the colors, my friend. <laughs> Fair these enough. Are, these are the colors. But I, you know, I, rep- I, I, re- I respect that you got the Colts gear going on there tonight. Oh, yeah. How's life, how's life as a Colts fan this year? Tell me how life is <laughs> as a Colts fan this year. Because we, we know about the Jonathan Taylor saga, and he finally makes a return, and we'll see how that goes. Obviously, the, the heartbreak it, that is Anthony Richardson uh, and, and his injury, and it looks like that could sustain for quite a while. Uh, so just talk about life as a Colts fan this year. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, last year was pretty painful. Uh, you know, <laughs> granted, I didn't think that Matt, Matt Ryan was going to be a savior for the Colts by any means. But to, to kind of end the year the way they did, I mean, 11 straight losses like that, it's like, what are we doing? And I was in Minnesota for that now historic collapse. The one road game that I decided to go to, they decided to do that collapse of a game. Um, but no, this year, it's funny because it's both positive in terms of, I mean, they're three and three. I would have taken them for six wins at the max. So you're already halfway there. Um, six weeks in. That's good. Um, the bad though. Yeah. I mean, the whole fun of this season was going to be watch Anthony Richardson play. Right. 
see him progress, see him improve. He's only played two and a half games, and, and now he's out probably for the season. That's really disappointing. So, you know, the division is still, I think, bad enough that, hey, who knows, maybe they could make some kind of great run. But part of me also says, boy, can we just stink for the rest of the year and get Marvin Harrison Jr. maybe in the draft and give him another weapon? I don't know. So it, it's a week-by-week uh, fandom for me. Uh, and being in Columbus, I'm going to the game on Sunday in Indy um, with Browns fans and friends. This, this is a week <laughs> where I want to win. So let's put it that way. Uh, listen, I feel like Browns fans and Colts fans can just have some semblance of uh, we're going through some stuff this year. We're going through some stuff. Obviously, Browns fans dealing with injuries. But, like, there's those injuries. You don't want to see anybody get injured. You don't like to see anybody get injured. You don't want to see any. But there's certain guys you just – it's it's like worst-case scenario. Anthony Richard Richardson for the Colts. Just worst-case scenario for the rookie QB to be out potentially for the year. On our side of things, it was Nick Chubb. I mean, to lose it, – it didn't even seem possible that you could lose Nick Chubb for a season and to lose him. It's, it's, it, that's been a rough, the injury thing's been a rough go for both these teams. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's going all around the NFL. Isn't it? It seems like every NFL team's lost one player. They're like, no. And that's how it was with the Colts with, with Anthony. And it's it just, like I said, it stinks because I think every fan had just resigned to the fact that he was going to have his growing pains and that was okay. I uh, put him in and let him figure it out. And some of the, the, the highlights he gave us, in the first quarter of the season here were pretty fantastic. You could see, boy, this is going to be fun to watch. And then he was also as inaccurate as could come. And that was frustrating. So fantastic and frustrating every game, but he didn't care. Let him, let him have the full year and take your lumps to not even get the full year. Not even half a year. It's pretty painful now. So, you know, I feel for him because I know he came into this. He, he has been just a model citizen in Indianapolis he has worked his tail off with the Colts uh, on the field. And to see it kind of probably come to a crashing end like this on what seemed like a pretty innocuous play call, I didn't think it was that bad. I know people are giving Shane Sykin a lot of grief for running him, but the run was pretty simple in my mind. And he just got tackled weirdly onto his shoulder. And, you know, you think a big physical guy like that's going to come out of it okay. And in this case, he wasn't. So here we go. Minshew mania for the rest of the year. Woohoo. <laughs> Living in Minshew mania. That's a nightmare. I, no offense to Gardner Minshew, I guess, but uh, oh, it's not where we want to be. It's not where anybody no. wants to be. Hey, real quick, before I get into a couple other things, uh, one, be like Paul Spencer in the comments here. I don't know, Paul. Paul says Colts colors are better than Brown's colors. It's like he had to get that off his chest. It's like he had to get that off his chest. I don't know about that. Blue and white. Boring. Dull. Brown I mean, and orange. Or, 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 come on. The orange and brown has not been good. I mean, whether it's Bowling Green or, or Cleveland, it's not good, right? Matt, I mean, you and I walking down the street from the neck down, because obviously you're clearly a more striking human being than I am from the neck up. But from the neck down, who's catching the attention here? Come on. Listen, this is a classic logo, my friend. Classic colors. I like it. Hey, be like Paul Spencer uh, and jump in the comments. If you want to ask questions about the Colts, the Browns want to talk about this matchup, bring anything up, jump in the comments. Now, now, Matt, and I don't know that I've ever actually asked you this. you're you're in Ohio. You went to OU. You work in Columbus. I know you're a Cleveland baseball fan. Uh, I know your fandom lies a little bit. But how 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 are the Colts? How'd you get to? We always like to get to know our guests before we actually talk about this. How how'd you come upon the Colts? It's fairly simple, actually. My dad's from Indianapolis. My mom's from Fort Wayne. And you know how it is. You kind of gravitate to what 
your parents do. And so my mom didn't care about sports at all, but my dad still does. And so I always was kind of gravitating to the Colts. And, you know, there were some rough years and really good years with Peyton Manning, obviously, that really only just made like hammered that down. And let's be honest, man, the, the 90s weren't real kind to the Bengals and Browns. Uh, <laughs> so growing up in those formative years, the Colts looked a lot better than the Bengals and Browns. So, yeah, that's why I gravitated to the Colts, kind of root for the Pacers as well. Uh, but baseball, there's no indie team. So they, my parents rooted for the Cubs growing up. I was like, nah, I, I got this Cleveland Indians team that's real good. So I'll, I'll root for them for baseball. All right. Okay, that's fair. Again, Matt Barnes from NBC4. Uh, you can catch him on TV every day, all over the place. Matt Barnes is everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Uh, in Columbus on TV. And also one of my favorite things is that when we do garage beers, which by the way, is coming up tonight at nine o'clock with the legendary voice of that Cleveland baseball team, Tom Hamilton. What the uh, get? Oh, he's the best. He's the yeah. best. Uh, but I like that Matt uh, occasionally has been our Olympics correspondent for the garage beers <laughs> podcast uh, because uh, you get to go cover. That's pretty sweet that you get to go cover the Olympics. So you're getting ready for the next one. Dude, if you only knew I had three zoom calls today with TV stations to talk about prospective athletes yeah i mean this paris thing is still 10 months away it might as well feel like it's two months away so yeah we're getting excited and how about flag football in 2028 how cool is that gonna be you see the nfl said they might actually include some of their players you want to go ref it i, I knew you're gonna bring that up <laughs> should, we, should we grab our whistles <laughs> hey nobody that's how matt barnes and i know each other we used to ref flag football in college like yeah. national tournaments yeah big deals and like we're all we're all americans that was the highlight. I am an All-American, and so are you, and that was the highlight of my life. It's been all downhill ever since. All right, let's talk about this game. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's, let's start by looking backwards before we look forward. Let's look backwards, and let's look at, start with this 3-3 three and three Colts team. We've already started that a little bit, but you get Jonathan Taylor back, and that, what a saga that has been. Obviously, the contract, and, and I think it raised – to me, I think it was a fascinating thing that it raised this kind of awareness with running backs and – uh, uh, and the pay, and it was really centered around Jonathan Taylor and other guys jumped in, Saquon Barkley, and gosh, I even heard Nick Chubb speak a couple words on it, which is very strange. Uh, but you've got this this saga with him, and Jim Ursay opens his mouth sometimes, and you're just, I don't, we don't have the two greatest owners in the NFL, I don't think, in Indianapolis and Cleveland. Like, I don't know why these guys ever open their mouths, but... It was, I don't know. That was just a whole thing. But anyways, Jonathan Taylor's back. And so just talk about getting JT back and, and kind of what that means, especially with Anthony Richardson going down. Yeah. I think that's what was so cool is that when you saw him sign, you're thinking, perfect, here we go. Get those two together. Let them grow together these first three years. And obviously Richardson's out, but it's a great sign for Minshew to be able to lean on that run game. He's going to need to, because Gardner Minshew can't pass his way to victory. It's just not going to happen. It's funny, though, you mentioned, like, you know, Jim Mercer was so adamant about not getting JT that money, not getting JT that money. And then he was, he was almost proven right for a while because Zach Moss was running all over the place, wasn't he? I mean, he just ran all over yeah. the Rams and the Ravens. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, they're never going to give JT his money. And then I think JT saw, oh, I may never get any money. Let me get what I can get. And that's what happened here. Um, you know, he didn't play much two weeks ago. He, he played against the Jaguars last week. But, boy, the Jaguars just clearly have the Colts number because – you know, the four, the six games the Colts have played, two against the Jags are by far their worst performances on the ground and just in general. So it was nice to see JT get more snaps. I think he's going to be crucial in this matchup uh, because that pass rush is going to be all over Gardner Minshew. 
they've got to be able to run the ball. And I think having both Moss and and now almost game-ready Taylor, it's going to be massive if the Colts have any chance. The game that stands out on the schedule for the Colts so far, uh, Gardner Minshew steps in. Uh, This was before Richardson was lost for what we think is potentially the end of the season at this point. But uh, Gardner Minshew steps in, and this Colts team goes to Baltimore and just – and beats the Baltimore Ravens in, in overtime in a close game. But like that was one of those games where a lot of people had it circled like this. Okay. The Ravens should take care of that one. And you know, Gardner Minshew starting. So like when this Colts team is going right, Matt Barnes, what what's offensively, what's the identity for them, even with Gardner Minshew in there? Yeah. I think what Gardner Minshew, the identity is strong run game has to get, I mean, it, we're talking stay in front of the chain. So it's gotta be four yards, five yards minimum on first down. Um, and then that could open up the playbook a little bit. Maybe you go those short – because Minshew's going to get rid of the ball quick. We know that. He doesn't have the rocket arm that Richardson does to get it down the field. And, frankly, Colts have a downfield threat. So if you're worried about that, passes beyond 30 yards, don't be with the Colts. There's just no burner to get it, to go that far and, and catch a ball. Everything's going to be a short pass. Um, tight ends have been really, really critical, especially with Minshew. Uh, so finding whether it's Alec Ogletree or Mo Alley-Cox, Kylan Grant, I mean – the Colts have to be one of the few teams that carry five tight ends, which is absurd to me. <laughs> and only and, and four wide receivers. Like, what are we doing? But I think that's their offense now. They they know they've got to get rid of the ball quick. A game like, you know, against the pass rush that the Browns are going to bring, Minshew's going to have to get rid of the ball quick. The run game's got to be solid. I'm talking at least 150 yards on the ground, I think, if they, if they have any chance. Um, and then, again, just protecting Minshew enough. He's going to get sacked, let's be honest. But protecting him enough uh, to be able to get enough balls out that, you know, they can keep the offense flowing. Uh, But, yeah, offensively, run, 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 short passes. That's it. Yeah, it's it's interesting just, you know, kind of everything that you said. Because that's the other thing I was thinking. I'm looking at this team. I'm like, it's not like I don't think Pittman is a pretty decent wide receiver. It's But, like, I don't. I don't know where the weapons are if they aren't running the ball really well. I mean, your tight ends are decent. Allie Cox is a pretty decent tight end. And I just, when, when I'm looking at these teams, the Browns have played so far this year, offensively, we're talking about the Bengals and it's the best wide receiving weapons in football. At least that's what we thought coming in and uh, certainly is up there. And even, even teams like the Steelers who stink and the Browns should have won that game. And they just handed the ball to the Steelers. You're still talking about, George Pickens and and Allen Robinson and De- and I, and and then I get to this game and I think, man, if the Browns and that defense aren't licking their chops from the defensive backfield position, uh, this is that game. We've talked a lot about the fact that the Browns have not; they've been so good defensively, but they're not creating turnovers. We saw the Jaguars create turnovers against the Colts last week: three interceptions and a fumble. Um, this has got—I mean, like from my perspective, from the Browns perspective, and it's got to be something you guys as Colts fans and, and Colts reporters and Colts have got to be concerned about. This has got to be a game where the Browns are licking their chops, trying to get into that turnover to get, start to flip that turnover ratio. So it looks a little better for your season. Yeah. 100%. I again, I think that's why that first down run game could be so massive because if they get to second and second and long, third and long, Oh boy. I mean, trying to slow down that pass rush from the Browns and, Again, when you don't have reliable wide receivers on a one-on-one, I mean, like the Pittman's good. I think he has a good receiver, but you know, one-on-one, yeah. or if they even double him, who are you going to? Alec Pierce, if he even plays, he's he's 
possibly injured. Josh Downs been a good rookie in the slot, but again, I, I'm not counting my rookie to beat a guy one on one. And these tight ends just aren't game breakers. They're solid, but not game breakers. So it, it reminded me, honestly, as I was watching the, because I've watched every Browns game this, because when you're in Columbus, you get every Browns game. Um, when I'm watching my stream of the Colts and watching the Browns as well, it rem- this Colts offense reminds me so much of what San Fran was on Sunday after Debo and McCaffrey went out. What were you worried about as a Browns fan? Who was your who was the game breaker you were worried about? Kittle, I guess, but Kittle was clearly being neutralized the entire game. That's what I think you're about to see. You're about to see the same offense that San Fran brought without their playmakers, and you're just not worried about anyone, that you can just be aggressive. And that's what terrifies me as a Colts fan for Sunday, is Gardner Minshew's got to play smart, got to get rid of the ball quickly, but guys have to be open to get rid of it quickly, right? Talk about one of the areas we talk about offensively for the Colts as a strength is the offensive line. Uh, You know, obviously, guys like Quentin Nelson, and we saw it here from Rafa in the comments, uh, said the Colts' identity on offense has to be guys like Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson. Uh, How has, again, as a guy who hasn't watched every Colts game this year, Mm -hmm. but has seen bits and pieces of all of their games throughout the year, how's that offensive line looked this year? A lot better than last year. Last year was painful. I mean, that that was partly Matt Ryan's fault because he – has stones for legs and would hold on to the ball too long. Uh, Rich said, obviously, can move, and then Minshew gets rid of the ball so quickly, and he's good about doing that. But the line has been a better run-blocking line as well this year. Uh, you see that with the yards that Moss got for them this past um, – didn't go off for them this past week. But uh, it, overall, it's been good. Uh, it's good to see. Him. But I mean, Roth is right, man. It's not the most sexy thing in the world to say the identity is your O lineman. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, but in a game like this, is going to have to be. They're going to have to move that, that line of scrimmage so they can get yards on the, run, the rush game because, uh, you know, Bernard oh, Ryman on the left tackle is the second, yeah, second player, not great, second-year player. And then Braden Smith's been banged up. I don't know if he's even going to play right tackle um, this game. So that's what terrifies me. They've got to be able to run through, the, you know, guards and, you know, those, those A-gaps there and, and get those yards there. But, I, yeah, I that's not going to be easy. This is not. 
I know I, I, just going through this, if you guys are experiencing it like me, Matt, I think you just kind of froze out there for a minute. So that's just the joys of doing this on technology yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and on Wi-Fi and Internet and stuff. So every once in a while, we might have to deal with that. But uh, but yeah, Matt, I mean, like to your point uh, that you're talking about the 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 Colts are going to have to rush for 150 yards. And I do want to point something out because it's it's mm-hmm. it is. I thought this was going to be like the most joyous uh, a few days after that 49ers win for a Browns fan. And it has been, but I got to tell you, the excuses a little bit have started to piss me off over the course of the last couple of days. Christian McCaffrey played that whole last game. Like he went out in the fourth quarter, but he played that whole game and the Cleveland Browns dominated him outside mm-hmm. of that one drive outside of that one drive, right? Like all these, everybody's talking, not you, you didn't do it, Matt, but like nationally, all these people are talking (laughs) like the Cleveland Browns beat the 49ers because Christian McCaffrey didn't play most of the game. He played mostly all the the whole game. You wouldn't have known it because the Cleveland Browns defense swallowed him up after that drive, but let's not make that exact excuse. And I'm not saying you did that, but then I I have to stand up for the Cleveland Browns a little bit uh, in that, McCaffrey played that game and the Browns figured him out and figured out that offense that he played in that third quarter where the 49ers had like negative yards. So yeah, I got to throw that out. No, I, no, you listen, <laughs> I, I could tell you went to vent. I just let you go. You're good. I appreciate <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, obviously coming off of two very different situations. Like you said, the, I bet the Colts are very excited to not see the Jaguars on the schedule anymore this season because uh, the Colts have been in primarily close games all season. They've got had a couple a couple of overtime games already this year. Uh, so even in wins and losses, the Colts Colts play close games except for when they play the Jaguars, and at that point they lose by double digits. Uh, so <laughs> it's good for them to not see them on the schedule. Colts come off of a game where they turn the ball over four times to Jacksonville, even though, and you will say this, and this this is kind of the stuff that makes me go, don't you just can't sleep on any team in the NFL? The Colts outgained the Jaguars offensively. They had more yards. They had a better time of possession. Uh, they, they, I want to say Gardner Minshew threw for like 320 yeah. yards or something like that in that game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he threw the ball to the wrong team too much. Uh, turnovers were a problem. But what was going on in that game? Because we're talking about a Colts team that you say needs to get a lot of rushing yards to, to, to compete with the Browns this week. Last week against the Jags, their leading rusher was Zach Moss with 21 yards. Yeah, and that that's not good. I mean, JT, I think, averaged two yards a carry or less than that. It was bad. Um, couldn't get the rush game going. The, I, I will argue that while outgaining the Jags is good, Gardner Minshew throwing for 300-plus yards is not. Okay. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> that's, point. That's, you know what I mean? Because that's not their identity. That means you're probably behind or you're way unbalanced in terms of your offense. He had 55 pass attempts. That's too many for Gardner Minshew. Right? He's not <laughs> – He's. He's not Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen out there. Um, I need him handing the ball off a little more. So that's the problem. Yeah, that's why the stats are so weird looking to me about that game. It never felt like they were playing Colts football like they needed to be. Uh, and the defense was just on the field way too much. And, you know, like I said, I know time of possession said that, but it just felt like they were always, you know, the like, what's going on? So, because some of the turnovers left them in great field position, uh, which, helps with the yardage part. So, yeah, anything that could go wrong went wrong in that game. I'm glad it's over, though, because you know, we're playing the Jags, at least it's over. So now they just can just wipe that sleep, get ready for a Browns defense as well as their offense is gettable that I think can allow this to be a close game down the stretch 
and frankly, the MVP of this team so far has been Matt Gay, the kicker. So if it comes down to a kick, I like our chances. Wait a minute. Don't you talk, don't you talk any smack about Dustin Hopkins. <laughs> Guy's been amazing. Guy's been amazing. Uh, again, I, I, it's a stunned situation. Again, you're around a lot of Browns fans. You're in Columbus. You, you, you hang out with Browns fans. You're going to this game with a bunch of Browns fans, like you said. It's it, it, It's been a stunning couple of days since Sunday because it was an atrocity that happened in Cleveland against the Baltimore Ravens where Dorian Thompson Robinson found out like four minutes before the game started that he was the starting quarterback. And you expected to see Deshaun Watson out there and you didn't see Deshaun Watson out there. And, and then you got to go into the bye week, which is the worst. You got spanked by a division rival and you go with the Browns go into the bye week, which is just the worst of all the feelings. For two weeks, and to see on the other side of the bye week, the San Francisco 49ers just sitting there, just daunting mm-hmm. 49ers sitting there undefeated, smoking everybody they play. It looked like the Browns were going to be sitting. We were going to be sitting here. I was going to be talking to you, Matt Barnes, as the Browns are two and three on the seat. That's what it looked mm-hmm. like. Browns were going to be two and three, and we we're going to be going, oh my God, how do they recover from this? It's a whole different outlook in Cleveland now. You're, you're three and two. Word out today from from Browns reporters is that they are very hopeful to have Deshaun Watson back for the Colts game. But seeing what P.J. Walker did against the Niners, if Deshaun can't come back in this game, it's kind of like, all right, let's go get I mean, no offense to the Colts, man, but let's go get a win in Indy. That's that's the attitude. No, absolutely. It should be. I mean, listen, I'm I'm a realist here for the Browns here. Uh, this is a game that maybe if you can get him one more week to get healthy, let him do it. Um, okay, don't try to sabotage. PJ Matt, played don't well. Don't try to sabotage. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm, I mean, like, PJ played well against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, you know, so kudos to him. Kudos to the Browns for finding a way. Um, but you know how this is the NFL, though, man. I mean, there's no one thought the Browns were going to win. No one thought the Jets were going to beat the Eagles. You can't discount anyone. So if Deshaun can play and that's the best chance to win, you got to play him. Uh, and I think the Colts are preparing for Deshaun to play uh, just for that reason, because you, you just you know you got to bring your best each and every week. And if not, you saw what happened to the two undefeated this past weekend. Uh, we did get a question in the comments. I want to throw this to you because we I got excited. I got excited to hang out with you tonight, Matt Barnes. I got excited to talk Browns Colts, <laughs> and I talked all about the Colts offense. I talked about Jonathan Taylor, and we talked Zach Moss, and we talked the wide receivers. Who I knew one. I knew the one wide receiver, and I knew Alex Pierce. Uh, Alec Pierce, uh, and we talked <laughs> Minshew Mini. What we didn't talk about was the Colts defense. So Red Leader seventy four in the comments. From mm-hmm. your perspective, uh, and again, this is we'll get to the matchup between the Browns offense and the Colts defense, but just kind of give us a rundown of the identity of the Colts defense so far and, and, and how you think they've played. Yeah, it's been better than expected. I thought, uh, you know, last year they were about the only reason the Colts were in some games this year. They the way Gus Bradley's defense works is that he gives up a lot of yards up until about the 20 yard line. And then he tries to shut you down from there. It's kind of frustrating because teams are just dinking and dunking left and right. And they're not really, you know, playing tight man coverage. It's annoying, but, um, it's effective and it's done well. I mean, you, they shut down Lamar Jackson for that pretty much whole entire Ravens game. And it was really impressive. The linebacking core has been great. The defensive tackles are the strength, even though just lost one for six games. Um, 
The, the yeah, edge rush has been okay. No, it's not. Uh, the cornerbacks are the issue. If you're talking the the weak link, uh, you have a rookie on one side, and then Kenny Moore is more of a slot corner that he's been pressed into issue to play uh, the other cornerback right now because of injury. So that's the vulnerability um, with the Colts' defense. But all in all, I think they rank about 19th in yards per game. I'll take it because on paper, this team should not be very good on defense with what I see on uh, on paper in terms of talent. It's just not there. DeForest Buckner's great. Shaq Leonard is not the Darius Leonard of old. Uh, it's just it, – it's not great on paper, but they're, they're serviceable and getting the job done, keeping their team in it normally. All right, Matt. So let's let's jump in. And a lot of people love DeForest Buckner. There were there were a lot of Browns fans that were trying to talk themselves into how the Browns could trade or get DeForest Buckner mm-hmm. before the season, uh, especially as the Browns were desperately looking to improve their defensive line. They were able to do it, and they didn't bring in DeForest Buckner. But there's a lot of love. Uh, that was a name we saw a lot as we were uh, just talking about the offseason and and players that the Browns would improve with. So DeForest Buckner, good player, going to make life tough, especially for the. Uh, uh, for the Cleveland Browns up the middle and those interior yeah. offensive linemen going to have to figure out a way to handle DeForest Buckner, Buckner if you want to get the run game going. So, Matt, let's talk about this game. Let's break it down. Uh, again, the Colts come in one and two at home. They're averaging about 21 points per game at home. The Browns have only played one road game this year. They, the Browns really? wow. have, yeah, they've, we've had our bye week and we had that Monday night game in Pittsburgh. Otherwise, all the other games for the Cleveland Browns have been at home. And so it's the first time in like a month we've seen the Cleveland Browns on the road. Uh, so first of all, if people haven't been there, talk about, I always like this. I like, I like the easy stuff first. We talk about the game in a minute, but uh, uh, Lucas oil field field house. Uh, what's that atmosphere? Like how's, how's, how's the atmosphere? You've been to a lot of football games. You've covered a lot of sporting <laughs> events, yeah. atmosphere at Lucas oil field house. When they're winning, it's a great atmosphere. Uh, and so last year when, <laughs> And I well, because last year I went to the Colts Steelers game near the end of the season. You know, the place was like, "Hey, this is a lost year. Let's just have some fun." And a lot of terrible towels rolling around. Um, but when I've gone to games where they are rolling, that place gets loud, and all you have to do is show Pat McAfee on that scoreboard because he that every game, and the place gets nuts. Um, and since this is kind of a good regional rivalry, uh. You know, these two teams are so close. I think Colts fans know this is a winnable game um, on paper. That place is going to be rocking, um, giving given Gardner all the juice he needs to, to hopefully pull off this upset. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. There's going to be plenty of orange uh, orange and brown, brown and orange, whatever you call yourselves uh, in the building. But uh, it's, it's going to be loud. It's going to be a fun atmosphere for sure. Uh, you brought this up. I got to ask. You've been a Colts fan for a long time. I, is is anything Pat Mack if he does unexpected to you? Because we're talking about a punter. This dude was a punter. Now he's like one of the. He might be the biggest name in sports media. He's a WWE wrestler. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is, do you remember like just punter Pat McAfee and like what the hell is he the most successful punter of all time? Oh, by far. The, I, I remember him being a bit of a showman as a punter. But this guy yeah. had no idea this kind of personality, and the sh- I mean his show is amazing. What he what he's doing on game day is just ridiculous. Uh, and you know me being a Colts fan, it's nice to watch a national sports broadcast that isn't only talking about the Cowboys and the Lakers, or whatever. I can watch it. I can see Chuck Pagano and him breaking down the Colts game for a half hour of his three hour show, and I'm like, all right, this feels this feels nice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is so nice. This is middle yeah. America right here. This is yeah, nice. Right. 
Finally. Uh, all right, so let's talk about, and let's kind of go right where we were just talking, but let's actually look at the matchups. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns offense. Yeah. And again, the unknown is who's going to play quarterback. It's going to be Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson or it's going to be P.J. Walker, one of those two. Uh, the Browns offense versus the Colts defense. And let's just kind of break it down situationally. So first of all, the run game. I think the one thing that nobody would have seen coming, maybe the biggest surprise in all of football last weekend, was the Cleveland Browns outrushing the San Francisco 49ers. The Browns putting up 160 rushing yards against that 49ers defense that hasn't allowed anywhere near that all season and doing it with Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. And a nice run by Marquise Goodwin uh, on an end around. So uh, the Browns running game, that offensive line against the Colts run defense, uh, how have the Colts looked in the run fit? Uh, against some pretty good, again, you guys have been against, gone up against some pretty good running teams. Uh, yeah. uh, just talk about that matchup and, and how you expect the Colts to kind of attack the Browns there. Yeah, I've been really impressed with the rush defense. I mean, you, they, when they played the Titans, you're worried about Derrick Henry, who has run all over the Colts in the last two, three years. They shut him down. It was fantastic to see. And that was right off the heels of, of what they did to uh, Lamar Jackson, who is the biggest rushing threat now with Baltimore. So I've been really impressed, and I think the key to that is Buckner obviously kind of – Buckner and what was Grover Stewart uh, clogging up the middle. And then the linebackers have just been really good. Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, and Shaq Leonard, they're just ball hawks, and they're they're able to make sure tackles. They don't miss many tackles. Uh, I mean, Zaire Franklin, uh, the linebacker for the Colts, leads the league in tackles, uh, which I can think it's a good and bad thing sometimes, but he leads the league in tackles. Uh, so that's good news. Um, so – I'm not, you know, if this were Nick Chubb, yeah, I'd be worried. Jerome Ford, not as worried um, when it comes to slowing him down. Um, you know, P.J. Walker, Deshaun Watson, not a Lamar Jackson kind of dynamic quarterback uh, rusher there either. So the rushing attack for the Browns, not concerned about if I'm a Colts fan. Uh, keeping them in check, keeping them to second long, third and long, obviously a key because you know you can do it. Your, your, your defensive line has, and your linebackers have proven – they can shut down a great rushing attack like they have already this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Obviously, the loss uh, on your defensive line uh, is that's brutal for you guys again, <laughs> uh, especially in the run defense. But, I, you know, the thing that's impressed me, again, Jerome Ford, he ran for like five yards a carry against, against the 49ers. Uh, I mean, and he was good. He just kind of patiently got behind his guys and found his holes. Kareem Hunt uh, has lost some of the explosiveness that people expect from Kareem Hunt, but he finishes runs. Uh, the guy is is constantly like he tackles tacklers. That's what Kareem Hunt does now at this point <laughs> in his career. He just tackles tacklers. Uh, so I find this to be maybe the most interesting part of this matchup because, like you said, I, and I don't care who it is. I don't care what unless it's Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or one of the elite of the elite quarterbacks. If you find yourself in third and eight on a regular basis, you're not successful offensively. And so, you know, even without Nick Chubb, and that's why he's such a luxury is that four yards is an automatic with that guy. uh, Without Nick Chubb, if if the Browns rushing attack and offensive line and, and frankly game plan to run the ball is similar in this game as it was in the 49ers game. They didn't get too cute with the running attack. They ran a lot of good inside zone runs out of the shotgun that really they are successful at and that their guys block well up front. If they can do that, especially uh, with you guys being down one of your top two defensive tackles, it's not something I necessarily be panicking about if I was a Colts fan, Matt. But 
I certainly would be a little concerned about the fact that the Browns just did what they did offensively to the Niners because they could do that to anybody. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, when you see them do it against the Niners, that scares you. And then any time a team has gotten some mojo with their run game right before you play them, not ideal. And then one of your top defensive tackles decide to take PEDs and be suspended for six games, not ideal. And I just checked their depth chart before I got on with deal. I don't even know their backup guy yet. I've never heard of him. So that's not ideal. So (laughs) not great news. Um, But, you know, they played played so well against the run this year that I'm willing to be positive. Let me be positive, Mike. Be positive. Hey, listen, you are here (laughs) with your Colts gear on. And this game hasn't happened yet, so I want you to be positive now. I want you to be positive now. That's okay. Listen, you're almost too nice. Our buddy OG Philly said it in the comments. You're too nice. You come across pleasant. And he wants me to get some worse people on here so they can get mad. (laughs) And I get this. I get that. I've had some nice. I've had some nice people on. I've had some people that I like. Is I don't know what I don't want you. I don't know what you want me to do. I'll guess. I'll try to find maybe for like the next Ravens or Steelers game. I'll try to find just somebody terrible that we can all be mad at. Uh, on the other, not on the other side of the ball, but uh, in the past game for the Cleveland Browns, again, uh, the last time we saw Deshaun Watson was against an AFC South opponent, the Tennessee Titans. It was his best game he had as a Cleveland Brown. Uh, and he finally, for the first time, looked comfortable and looked relaxed. And he was just making throws and he was making hard throws look easy. And it was that glimpse of like, oh my gosh, there he is. There's Deshaun Watson. He's coming back. You, as a Colts fan, are very familiar with Deshaun Watson yep. uh, as he was in division there for a while with the Colts. Um, so let's, again, we have to make assumptions when we do this show because we don't know. Again, reports are that Deshaun might be close, might be back this week against the Colts. If he is, uh, the Browns, I think both the passing and the rushing attack, get a little bit scarier if you're if you're an Indianapolis fan. Yeah, for sure. I, I would, you know, I, I don't know what the, prop line is for Amari Cooper receiving yards, but I'm, I'm taking the over on that. Uh, I've, I've seen what the top receivers have done against this Colts pass defense. And they've all just raked Uh, DeAndre Hopkins had a great game. Calvin Ridley in game one with the Jags had a good one. Christian Kirk did in this. I mean, it's just the cornerbacks are not good. And if there's no pressure either up the middle or on the edge, look out. Um, And so, if you're expecting the Deshaun Watson that is accurate, making the tough throws look easy, um, then this could be a long game for the Colts' pass defense. I personally am hoping for the Deshaun Watson that I've seen a, a little bit of last year, a little bit of this year that is still not right, rusty, inaccurate. I need that guy to show up, maybe pass through the guys in white or blue uh, and 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 help us out because uh, I'm really, really worried about Amari Cooper just going off in this game because I – I don't know if the Colts can cover him. Hey, listen, it's it's interesting because, you know, we talked about, I talked about the Colts' weapons, but so far the Browns have had an issue with weapons. Uh, <laughs> Amari Cooper's been phenomenal, and he, he made some catches, some plays in that game against San Francisco that, I mean, game-winning plays. Yeah. Uh, our guy that was supposed to be kind of our second target wide receiver has six catches on the year. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones has disappeared from the face of the earth. Now there's reports that maybe he's a little bit uh, he's a little bit frustrated in his role, which man, we're six weeks in and you got six catches. I get it. Uh, they're, it's, it, they're still trying to figure out how to use Elijah Moore. They, they've really turned him into like a gadget guy when he really should just be a wide receiver out there. They kind of got more to that in the game against San Francisco. The Marquise Goodwin, they're still tr- trying to figure out how to use. So really, 
secondary weapons haven't really existed. David Njoku's played pretty well. He he had a great game against the Niners. Everything good he did got called back by penalties. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, that's a concern for me as a Browns fan going into this matchup is um, teams are going to make the Browns beat them, especially P.J. Walker's the quarterback. Teams are going to try to make you beat them in the air. You've got to have guys that step up to make plays that aren't just Amari Cooper. And, and that's, for me, that's a concern. It doesn't matter whether it's against the Colts or anyone, anybody else. Who else is going to hurt you? And, and, and somebody who follows the Colts, I can't imagine that you're sitting there going, man, I'm really worried about Donovan Peoples-Jones. No, exactly. I'm not, you know, and like you said, the rest of the wide receiving core doesn't bore me. It's just Amari. And he's so good that whether you double him or single cover him, he's very likely to make the catch or have a great attempt at making the catch. So that's why he worries me. Uh, and Joku to a point. Um, but again, the Colts linebackers are very good against tight ends. Uh, so I'm not, I never get too worried about other teams tight ends unless it's the top tier tight end. Um, so yeah, it's Amari that worries me. If they can somehow contain him, uh, I feel I would feel a lot better about uh, the direction of this game. Uh, but yeah, maybe this is the coming out party for you know Donovan Peoples Jones. I, I doubt it because you know, like I said, six catches in six games doesn't inspire much confidence. I don't think any Browns fan it doesn't inspire much fear into me uh, as a Colts fan. But I mean, Elijah Moore is a bit of a burner. I mean, he—that's he, a guy that I can see getting down the field. Uh, and again, I think the Colts are susceptible to that in the back end, but you know, they got to do it. The pass have to, you know, Browns have to do it before I get word of it. Yeah. And that's interesting. Cause that's something we really haven't seen all season. We really haven't seen Elijah Moore downfield. We've seen mm-hmm. a lot of just trying to get him the ball in quick pass situations, hoping that he's going to make guys miss. And that's, I think that's been a misjudge by the Browns coaching staff is he's not, he's not Tyreek Hill. He's not, you don't just yeah. swing him the ball and he makes five guys miss. And so maybe we will see the Browns look to get him down the field more. Obviously, they try to get Marquise. He's a Marquise Goodwin is the burner on the team. So hopefully they get him involved downfield as well. Matt, switching to the other side of the ball in this specific matchup. Um, it does. This is not me talking trash because, again, no, who, who knows what's going to happen on Sundays. But Browns defense has been the best defense in the NFL so far. Uh and they went up against the other best defense in the NFL so far last week. And it was a heavyweight fight. When you look on paper at Gardner Minshew and the Indianapolis Colts versus the Cleveland Browns uh, defense, it feels like a mismatch. It feels like a mismatch. When you see this Browns defense, everybody talks about the pass rush. What area of the Colts offense do you see that they might be able to take advantage of something that you see in the Browns defense? Not much. Uh, I mean, I'm that impressed by the Browns. I mean, I really am. Uh, you know, normally you would say, you know, they're, well, if Miles Garrett gets too focused on trying to sack uh, Gardner, maybe there's a screen game there and there somewhere. You know, there's there's some dump offs to JT that could go really well. Because, I mean, that that was such, that's such a, a high point of Jonathan Taylor. It's his pass block is so good. And then once he chips a guy, just dumping it to him and he can turn a two-yard gain into a 22-yard gain, just like that. Uh, so that part is, is something I'm looking forward to is because Zach Moss is an okay pass blocker. JT's a great pass blocker by far. And if he can do that and then find a way to leak out um, because, you know, the pass rush got too aggressive, that could work for us. Um, again, I'm not, as I've already said, I'm not real high on uh, the passing game. I don't know if he's going to have enough time to get the ball downfield 10, 15 yards. 
it's going to be a lot of dump offs, uh, a lot of quick hitches, quick out routes. It's not going to be fun to watch. Just, just if you're expecting a fun Colts offense, don't. <laughs> Listen, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> if Gardner Minshew throws the ball 55 times in this game, I'm going to have more fun than I've ever had in a football game. Yeah, I just, the most fun I've ever had. Yeah, I just, I just know what Shade Stack is going to have to do, and he's going to think about getting rid of the ball quickly, um, and hope that his receivers can make a play, his tight end can get down the field. Or they can, and I will say what I do appreciate about Shade Sykin. If it's fourth and one, he's going to go for it uh, on, a, on parts of the field he probably shouldn't, because I think he understands it's a it's a growing it's a growing year for them. You know, there's this is all about just growth, and he's okay being aggressive with this offense. And that was even with Gardner Minshew last week. So uh, I am looking forward to that. Is that what may feel like a you know three three and outs? It might have to be four four downs of defense. The Browns have to play to not let them get that first down, which. Hey, I appreciate that as a Colts fan, being aggressive against a defense like this. You're going to have to be. All right, Matt Barnes, uh, we're going to get ready to wrap this up here on the doghouse. Just getting ready for Browns and Colts. Uh, you're going to be at the game, hanging oh, yeah. with a whole boatload of Rowdy Browns fans. And, you know, you know, <laughs> it's it's been a long time, Matt, since we've been able to go to visiting stadiums and kind of be proud. And we're going to be proud coming off of that win over the 49ers. <laughs> Let's just talk about, for you, I want two things. First thing, mm-hmm. though, Matt, the biggest key, like the biggest matchup you're going to be watching in this game that you think could swing this thing one way or the other? Um, It's the O-line against Miles Garrett. And I mean the entire O-line against Miles Garrett. And, and, you know, let me throw the running backs, Jonathan Taylor, to that too. Um, Because I think he's such a game breaker. And I mean this in two ways. One, you know, in terms of Gardner Minshew getting enough time to be able to effectively throw the ball down the field and get first downs. But more importantly, we're already down to our backup quarterback, Mike. I don't want to see Sam Ellinger's game. And Gardner <laughs> Minshew is not just a game breaker. He's a bone breaker, all right? So I need him to survive this game. I need him to survive this season for it to be enjoyable. Um, so I am truly, that is the biggest matchup for me, is finding a way to, you can't stop him, but you have to contain him enough to allow the offense to, uh, not fall into second and 19. You know, if it's second and 10, you have to throw it away. That's okay. But he can't be taking five, six sacks um, because of Miles Garrett wreaking havoc in the backfield. Yeah. Listen, I think, I think the a hundred percent, the matchup to watch here is a good Colts uh, offensive line against uh, you talked a lot about Miles Garrett. I I have to give credit to the rest of the guys on the Browns defensive line. Zadarius Smith has been a top 10 pass rusher in football this year. Uh, Obo Okoronkwo was a game breaker in the game against San Francisco. He was the guy we were all excited about. We had no idea Zadarius <laughs> Smith was going to show up. Uh, but uh, those guys on the edge and the boys in the middle, Hurst and, and Shelby Harrison, Delvin Tomlinson, and the, man, like it has just been – a joy to watch a defensive line get after everybody the way the Browns has this season. But again, that the the hands, their hands are going to be full when you go up against that Colts offensive line. So we saw the Tennessee Titans try to block Miles Garrett with their entire offensive line. That doesn't work. No, that is not going <laughs> to work. So the Colts got to come up with something better than that. But uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting uh, to see how they can, att- if they do focus so much on Miles Garrett, what do you do with the other guys on the, on the defensive line for the Browns? That's going to be a real challenge for the, for the Colts. So, but I do, I also, I agree with you. I think that's the matchup to watch in this game uh, uh, because those, I, I think that's the two strongest points for each team. 
So, Matt, before I let you go, Matt Barnes again from NBC4 in Columbus, uh, a good old friend of mine, uh, but again, a big Indianapolis Colts fan, lifetime Indianapolis Colts fan. Uh, Matt, I can't let you go without giving me your prediction. Browns, Colts, Indianapolis, Sunday, 1 p.m. You know, as a fan, I want this to be high-scoring, knockout, exciting affair. I honestly think it's going to be like a a 13-10 kind of game. I think it's going to be just—I mean, no kind of scoring, just kind of, just kind of drag out affair. Neither team getting anything going on offense. Yeah, we're playing indoors; weather won't be a factor. But these defenses are good enough. I don't think the Browns' offense is that great, uh, and I think the Colts have something ready for them defensively uh, because they just haven't seen much that scares them. Um, so, give me, give me sixteen, thirteen, something in that realm where field goal wins it. Uh, and I will take the Colts at home. I, I know that sounds like a homer pick, but it seems it like is. after the Colts play a clunker, they've played better. Um, and that's how I feel. And I feel like the Browns are going to be too high off of this 49er win. They're going to come down to earth a little bit. Like, wait wait a second. We're not that good. Uh, so, and frankly, my, I can't I can't predict against my team, especially against with Browns fans that I'm going to be around. And around, I mean, I'm around all the time. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> You can't do it. Hey, listen, uh, I, I'm back on. I'm I'm back. In, I'm back on the horse. So my prediction for this game, I'm back on the horse. I jumped off for the Niners game. I mm-hmm. predicted the Niners to win, especially when we found out PJ Walker was playing. Uh, my matchup of the we do like a roundtable pr- pr- uh, predictions on the OBR. My matchup of the game was me versus my beer fridge uh, because it was <laughs> going to be a challenge for the beer fridge to keep stock. And I didn't even have to run to the beer fridge all that much because the Browns played a good game. I'm yeah. back. I'm back in. I'm all in on the Cleveland Browns again. So here's here's what I'm going to say. If it's P.J. Walker, if it's P.J. Walker, I think it is 21-13 Browns. That's my prediction. Okay. If it is Deshaun Watson, I think it's 28-13 Browns. I think he makes a wow. touchdown of a difference. And uh, But that's what I'm going with. Again, I just – until somebody can make this – this Browns defense, the, the Ravens were able to make the Browns defense struggle a little bit, but it was primarily because the Browns defense were out on the field that entire game. The Browns mm-hmm. offense couldn't get first downs, let alone score points. If the Browns offense is able to just hang out on the field, give the defense a break enough, I just don't know how. I don't know that I see Gardner Minshew being able to attack this Cleveland Browns defense. So that's what I'm going to go with. And, you know, you know, I got to pick the Browns. You know, of course, I'm also going to pick the Browns. One thing we agree <laughs> on, the Colts aren't scoring more than maybe 16 points. I will agree with that. <laughs> watch. Watch it be a shootout. I, I know. We're coming back on. We're coming back on and talking about it if it's 42 to 38 at the end. Uh, for sure. I highly doubt it. Uh, highly doubt it. I do too. <laughs> All right, Matt Barnes. Hey, man, have fun at the game. Enjoy your time. A lot of people are saying a lot of nice things about Lucas Oil Fieldhouse. Some people saying it's some of one of the nicer places uh, that they've gone yeah. to see a game. So you go enjoy it. Try not to... Try not to like let your fandom swing over to the Browns because they're it's a good time oh. that defense it's a good time so try to maintain try to maintain as you go through as the Cleveland Browns are whooping up on your on your Colts there <laughs> in Indy man listen we really appreciate you again you can check out Matt Barnes NBC four in Columbus uh, and and really everywhere frankly he used to take over billboards here in Cleveland for OU oh boy here we go. Uh, Matt Barnes is everywhere. So, man, it's been a lot of fun talking about this game with you. Hope you have uh, a good time on Sunday, man. And thank you for coming into the doghouse with us. Absolutely, Mike. And everyone pray for Anthony Richardson's shoulder. I need that to get better very soon. (laughs) 
you know what? That is an area where we will all agree because nobody Please. wanted to see that. Yeah, not a single person wanted to see that. And Rafa <laughs> wants to leave you with a go Buckeyes. That's fine with me. I'm from Columbus. I get it. We're good with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt. Thank you so much for jumping in. Really appreciate it. We'll catch you down the line. All right. Good to see you, Mike. See you, Matt. That was Matt Barnes from NBC4 in Columbus. Again, uh, uh, one of the one of the the nicest guys I have ever met in my life is Matt Barnes. And anytime I run into like a friend who knows him and knows me, they're like, "We all, we just got it's a guy you got to talk about." So. Matt Barnes, a lot of great things happening with NBC down there in Columbus. Huge shout out to him for coming on with us. Check him out at Matt underscore NBC4 on Twitter. Follow him, not just for Columbus stuff, but again, he goes and follows the Olympics. He, he's, he's just a, a good overall guy, and he likes Cleveland baseball, so we'll give him that. Uh, that's going to do it for the Doghouse. Again, the Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts coming up Sunday at 1 o'clock. Meanwhile, let me just give you the rundown of the shows on the OBR. Stay tuned, because in about one hour, it is time for Garage Beers. Myself, Chad, Joey's back. We're going to talk to Tom Hamilton, the legendary voice of the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, and so we're going to talk Browns. We're going to talk Columbus Blue Jackets. We got so much more coming up on Garage Beers. That kicks off at 9 o'clock. Tomorrow night, it's OBR Weekly with Fred and Barry as they get themselves ready. They talk about everything we saw in the 49ers games and get ready for the Colts game Thursday, it's All Eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward as he does one of our best shows, All Eyes on Cleveland, Thursday night at 7 p.m. And it all leads in to the Browns game against the Colts Sunday, 1 p.m. And you can join us for the OBR postgame show, 7.30 p.m. on Sunday. You don't want to miss that. So that's going to do it for us. For Ian McBride in the background, making us look good, getting us on the air. Thank you to Ian. Thank you to all of you that joined us. And again, stay tuned in just over an hour. It's time for Garage Beers until next week on the Doghouse. See you later, everybody. Cheers and go Browns. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.